Are you ready to witness greatness? NFL fans, welcome to the largest tailgate party in the nation. Let's go! Different day, same recipe. Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. We're setting you up with the information you need to watch your team win. Victory is the end game. We're here to break it all down. Let's go, let's go. This is... Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Now, we're live from your tailgate. Here's Brian No. Oh, welcome into the Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM Podcast. We'll have Jared Smith. Uh, Jared Smith. I, I, what was it, Jared Smith? It's kind of like Rick Smiths. Remember Rick Smiths from uh, the Indiana Pacers? Jared Smith from PicksWise.com. He's the lead betting analyst over there. We'll talk some college ball and Bill Kroc- Krakenberger. I can't speak. I can't speak. So from CrackWins.com, we'll talk NFL with Crack. Hey, new users, download the BetMGM app today and use code COUNTDOWN for a special offer. That's code COUNTDOWN in the BetMGM app. Okay, I'm Brian No. Let's welcome in. I got that name right. Let's welcome in Jared Smith to talk some college ball. Now, let's start off with this. Let's dip our big toe, maybe both big toes, into the waters of Army-Navy. Now, I think this, Jared. I think it's becoming like Thanksgiving turkey. You know, (laughs) I think that's what Army-Navy is becoming because it's becoming trendy to hate on turkey. Like, oh, I don't like turkey. I think it's becoming trendy to sort of hate on Army-Navy and do this eye roll. I love Army-Navy. I treat it for what it is. Do you get into Army-Navy over here? Yeah, this is so there's a lot of sporting events that I'll watch throughout the course of the year and I feel FOMO-ish if I don't bet on them. This is not one of those games. <laughs> this is one of those games where maybe there's only a handful of them throughout the course of the year, maybe it's just, you know, the nostalgia in me, but there is a little bit of entertainment value that goes along with this game that you know, is outside of the betting markets, right? The betting markets in this game tend to be pretty, you know, it's basically the same thing every year. The total's really low. Usually one team is not a bigger than, a, you know, a touchdown favorite. These games are tend to be played pretty tight to the vest. We've discussed it on the show this year. The unders in service academy games, it's ridiculous. 43-9-1 since 2005. So obviously that's the first place you look, but the total in this game is so low. Mm-hmm. If somebody sneezes or falls off their chair in, a, in, in the wrong way, like this game's going over, right? Like, I, like to me, I, it's, it's, a tough, it's a tough handicap because I think the – we have the most data we have on these teams this year. This game means so much. It's dripping with drama. Every snap has these it just it's a very difficult game to handicap because every guy is going all in 100% on every single play. So there's no motivational angles to handicap. It's all who kind of gets the, you know, the bounce of the ball that goes in their favor. In this case, I it's a toss-up game, right? Like and that's what the odds are telling us and the totals obviously telling us it's going to be a very low scoring game. So I don't have an edge here. I will absolutely be watching because this is one of my favorite games of the year, but right now the market's basically telling you Army, meh. Navy's the right side, right? That the, the, the market's flipped to, to, to Navy being almost a field goal favorite. But I, I, I could see Army winning this game, absolutely. It's just funny to me because every time you'll hear a, a debate about college versus the NFL, and college guy will say, oh, well, it's the nostalgia. Sure. You know, it's the, the faces being painted. It's the uh, rivalries. It's like everything that you cite 
this is what Army Navy is about. We're stealing goats over here. We got yeah. passion. It's a rivalry. Like I know it's going to be option football, and it might not be your cup of tea. But from a nostalgia standpoint, this is it. Now the trend of trends is the under when service academies duke it out. You did mention the total is thirty-two and a half. Wild <laughs> right now. Is, is Iowa playing in this thing? It's thirty-two no. and a half right Just now. Just wait till we get to the Iowa Kentucky bowl game. In oh a couple man, weeks. yeah, it's even lower than that. But uh, you know, what do you think about this trend holding up, where the under consistently hits, overwhelmingly hits when two service academies duke it out? I mean, we. We've done the show together now for a few months, so you probably glean this just based off of my style and the way that I go about my business. But I'm a contrarian, right? Like I like to go against what the market says or I like to go against what the public really is saying, trying to find edges in the market by being contrarian. Well, it's really hard to be contrarian in this particular spot because the contrarian play is absolutely the over. But then you have to find some kind of analytical angle to back it up because you can't just be contrarian just for the sake of being contrarian. You're going to lose most of the time. Like, the, like you, you have to pick your spots and you have to find things. You have to find angles and edges that the market isn't accounting for. Well, I, I can't do that in this game. First of all, I just told you like this is such a an emotionally charged game. Both teams just give. It's, it's, it's almost impossible to say that one team is going to be more motivated than the other. It, it really is. So you have to throw that angle completely out the window. So what about this game could go over? Well, the defenses for both teams are really bad, but when Army played Air Force and same thing for Navy, like the games were very low scoring. And Air Force's offense is significantly more efficient and better at running the ball than either Army and Navy this year. Like this is not your like typical Army Navy offenses. In fact, Todd Munkin, um, or excuse me, the Army Army head coach, he's been a little bit more um, offensively minded with his throwing this year. And Navy's head coach too. You know they haven't thrown at all. So it's kind of it's just a weird game. Honestly, this is a very strange game to handicap from a betting perspective. Mm-hmm. If you want to bet the under, I totally get it. It's the trend. It's the it's the soup du jour. <laughs> but I I'm try I tried really hard, Brian, to find an angle to the over. I couldn't do it. Like both of these teams are just it, they they just want to run the ball into into submission. Maybe just have fun watching it. You know, maybe that's the there's the right. You don't have to bet on every game, guys. <laughs> right. I know it's the only game on the board on Saturday, but you don't have to bet it. In fact, I'm looking right now. Holy Cross, South Dakota State. I'm sure we'll get uh, Seamus's thoughts on that game as well on Saturday morning, because to me, that game might present some more betting value than Army Navy. Now, we will go knee deep into the bowl game matchups week by week here. Right, We'll break it down more on a weekly basis so we don't get any of those this weekend. But what we do want to do is sort of look ahead, peek ahead to the playoff matchups. So TCU against Michigan, that's the Fiesta Bowl. Ohio State against Georgia, that's the Peach Bowl. Before we get to the lines and point spreads and all that stuff, the committee got it right. Did they not? Like one through four, I agreed right down the road. 100%. 100%. And by the way, I said Todd Munkin, that's Georgia's offense. Jeff Munkin, the head coach of Army. Um, I got my Munkins mixed up. But yes, Georgia Georgia absolutely um, deserved to be one, Michigan two. And then the three, four spots were kind of where the committee needed to prove their worth, right? And I, I think they, they stuck to their guns and they stuck to what precedent has told us here, which is the conference championship games matter. 
And if you win your conference championship game, you will absolutely be rewarded. If you lose your conference championship game, the manner in which you lose it matters. And that's where I think we're at with TCU, right? TCU played about as good of a game as you could have asked for, considering clearly the market was against them. Clearly the odds were stacked against them. We talked about it during the show Saturday morning, the fact that Kansas State closed as a favorite in that game, made it abundantly clear that the Sharps, the smart money, were on the Wildcats. And, you know, that ended up proving to be correct. But TCU showed what they showed all year. Heart of a champion, fight, the grittiness, Max Duggan leading his team down the field in the final minute. I mean, it, it, it was a very... It, it, it was an impressive watch. And I think if you're the committee watching that, it's hard not to give them the benefit of the doubt that they're the third best team in the country in a year where there weren't a lot of those types of gritty performances. Alabama had some chances to win those games, and they fell short. And I know you could say that maybe top to bottom, Alabama is better. Their players are better. That's fair. They didn't have that kind of season. It wasn't a special year for Alabama. It was just a mediocre year for them. And that's why I think TCU got rewarded. The, the, the four spot with USC, it, the manner in which they lost that game to Utah, I think eliminated them. And I think because they were the last seed in, they needed to play better than TCU to hold on to their spot. And they played substantially worse. And that's why you saw them drop out. Do I think Ohio State deserves to be in? No, I think Ohio State's in the same boat as Alabama. But I think because of the nature of that Pac-12 championship game, you had to drop them out, whereas TCU kind of showed you they were still a live dog in that game. Yeah, Uh, so both undefeated teams, about a touchdown favorite. So if you look at Michigan right now, as we speak at BetMGM, they're favored by 7.5 against TCU Georgia, the number one team, obviously, they're favored by six and a half against Ohio State. We're really early on here, but do you have any leans at this point when we're recording this on, what, December 8th, and these games are on December 31st? I have a rant following your breakdown here. (laughs) I'm very curious to your rant. Um, So the markets for these games are fascinating. Unlike a normal college football week, where we get about a week to digest the lines, and the market cycle is much more compact. So you see an opening move. The lines tend to drop Sunday evening. You'll see an overnight move Sunday into Monday, and that'll usually be the sharpest move based off of where the professionals feel the numbers should be. And then you might see one or two more secondary moves off of that as the market settles Monday into Tuesday. And then you get this lull on Wednesday and Thursday. Sometimes we get some practice reports that get dropped into the market, quarterback, this, X, injury, that, whatever, that might push things a little bit further into Friday. But for the most part, there's like a 24 to 48 hour no-fly zone usually between Thursday and Friday where the markets don't really do a whole lot. Well, that no-fly zone here in this particular case is like two to three weeks, right? We saw the initial move, TCU really the big move, off of nine and now down to seven and a half. That all happened in a span of about 24 to 48 hours, right when the lines dropped earlier uh, this week, basically Saturday night into Sunday morning when, the, when it was announced, and then, and then Sunday night into Monday morning. That's kind of when we saw all the movement take place. So far, since then, it's been pretty stagnant. In fact, the Ohio State-Georgia line really hasn't moved at all. 
Uh, six and a half, a quick tick to six, but for the most part, it's been hovering at six and a half pretty much the whole time. So we saw this initial sharp move on TCU and very stagnant on Georgia and Ohio State. And, and frankly, Brian, I, I think that's where we're going to stay for the next couple of weeks because I just I, I think the market tends to settle itself pretty early and then we get this lull and because of how far it is until the games are, there's really not going to be a whole lot of news, I think, between now and, let's say, New Year's Eve-ish, um, you know, maybe the day or two before, maybe, you know, Chris, the time between Christmas and New Year's Eve, really. So I, I think that's where we're going to stay, and I think the TCU move is respected money. People obviously thought TCU was a little bit undervalued, but the Georgia-Ohio State game's been pretty stable, and it seems like that's a fair line right now based on where these two teams are graded. Okay, ball before a rant here. Yeah, Okay. give me both. Rant. I want to hear both. Yeah. Uh, so, I just look at Ohio State being a lesser underdog than TCU. And I'm just like, how? <laughs> like, if you look at Ohio State, they're the brand name. They have C.J. Stroud. He's a Heisman finalist. We get all of that. But they're playing the number one team in the country in Georgia. And the last time we saw Ohio State play football, they got absolutely punked by Michigan. And they're... Yeah a slider underdog than TCU. TCU battled Kansas State, barely lost the game. Max Duggan, all heart and some execution mixed in there. right? And Michigan, think about this. No Blake Corum. And we saw TCU absolutely shut down B. John Robinson. And if you think about the Michigan-Ohio State game, Michigan's uh, running offense – they, Ohio State tried to stop the run, stop the run. J.J. McCarthy did a nice job. But when you see TCU stop Bijan Robinson and think about how it could play out against Michigan where, hey, maybe J.J. McCarthy has to do a whole lot again. I just, I'm dumbfounded how TCU against Michigan is a bigger underdog than Ohio State against Georgia. I just don't understand that. And I think it's the the brand recognition. Ohio State is a much bigger brand than TCU is. If the brand recognition was was flip-flopped, I, I think the point spreads would reflect that as well. So when it comes to the college football playoff committee, I agree. I think the numbers are a little blind to brand. I, I do think the numbers have indicated all year that TCU has been undervalued. I mean, that that's just been... I mean, we were shocked. You guys were shocked on Saturday when they closed as, a, as an underdog against Kansas State. And in this particular case, the market was right. You know, Kansas State was marginally slightly better than TCU was on, on that Saturday. And I think when you look at TCU as a whole, the knock on them all year has been their number is a little flimsy compared to their record, right? We're going through the same thing with the Minnesota Vikings right now. The Minnesota Vikings, as a 10-2 football team, I'm sure I'm, you, know, you guys will touch on this on the Sunday show with Crack, but the Minnesota Vikings, as a, as a 10-2 football team, are an underdog this week to a 5-7 Lions team. And it's not brand recognition. It's just the Lions numbers. What deri- like the, the, the way that the sausage is made, the numbers that create those point spreads are very favorable to what the Lions have done this year and very unfavorable to how the Vikings have played, even though the win-loss record, which, by the way, has nothing to do with the point spread, is telling you a completely different story with that game. That's kind of where we're going with this argument, right? TCU just numbers-wise hasn't shown you the proof 
But the win-loss record, the heart, the intangible that you can't quantify has been off the charge. Sadly, Max Duggan's heart is not factored into the point spread. It's just it's not something that the number <laughs> cares about. So you're not going to see that play out in the spread like you will with Ohio State and Georgia, where Ohio State's a really good football team, but I think it just shows you how good Georgia is. And I think that's why the number in that game is a little bit wider than maybe some people would think, because that game you have brand on brand. And it's just Georgia's so good. Like, if Georgia played TCU, it would be a maybe 17, 14. I, I, you know, like, so, so it, I'm fat. First of all, if we get that game, oh man, that would be absolutely fascinating. Second of all, it, I, I think it just speaks to where TCU's valued in the market, and that's been consistent. They have been a team that the market has been very cold on pretty much all season. I just think this I'll say it real fast. I think it's a good spot to grab TCU. Because, the Sharps agree. Yeah. I mean, the, you nice. know, the Sharps Good. steam that line down about a point and a half. So the smart nice. money is on TCU in this game, no doubt. I just go back to what the number said. The number said it was Texas over TCU. Yes. And that was really wrong. <laughs> it was. TCU punked them. And so the number said Kansas State in the Big 12 championship yes. game. That turned out to be right by a whisker. That game was a coin flip. But it turned out to be right. So based on what we just saw last, I think this is where you could you could go the other way and get some value. Brief mini rant, December thirty yeah. first. What are we doing playing these games on New Year's Eve? Why oh, wow. are we I understand the way the schedule and we got the Rose Bowl, we got the NFL schedule. Why are we playing these games? Are on you a New, New Year's, Year's Eve? Guy? I it hate going out on New Year's and crazy. I'm actually relieved that this gives me a reason not to go out. Oh, gosh. I'll tell you what, Jared. If you are in a relationship and your girl, your partner, whatever, says, let's go out. Let's hit the town. It's New Year's Eve. It's party time. Your ca- counter argument can't be, well, uh, you know, I thought we'd stay in, though. You know? But it's work. Ball that, sound, that sounds like a you problem, Brian. <laughs> it's, it's a... My dog doesn't uh, I care say? when I go out, what day of the week it is, and he's the only person that I cater to in this household, so... Uh-huh. I'm sorry that you have that going on in your life, but I'm excited. Oh, man, it you, is a – uh, I, I understand your gripe, though. It, it, it definitely is – I would much rather it be on New Year's Day, but sadly, New Year's Day is on a Sunday this year, so they're kind of yeah, – they will – they, they, what, here's what they won't do. They will never go head-to-head with the NFL, ever, oh, ever, ever, ever yeah, in yeah, a million years. Yeah. That's why they play the game on a freaking Monday. <laughs> After Monday Night I actually think Monday Night Football might still be – oh, no, it'll be over. It'll be the last week of the NFL season. Yeah, they specifically plan that on a Monday the week after the NFL season because they know people love Monday Night Football and they don't want to go head-to-head with the NFL. Yeah. No, I totally appreciate that, but uh, December 30th. You know, I know. That's, but that's better. If you're like, baby, I was thinking we'd watch, you know, like Ohio State, Georgia. There's a There's bunch a of games on December 30th, right though. You're not going to watch the all-orange Orange Bowl between Clemson and Tennessee on the 30th? I watch all this stuff. I'm just saying the one <laughs> the big night games. where it is real dicey, it is I gotcha. thin ice city, is uh, baby, I was thinking we'd stay in and watch ball tonight. you got to move out to the Pacific time zone because the second game starts at 5. It'll be over by there 9, and then you get three hours till the right. ball drops. Good point. East Coast, men. Yeah, East Coast. You guys get screwed by the time zones on the East Brutal. Coast. I, the best thing I ever did was move out to the West Coast. The time zones <laughs> for sports out here are just they're, they're premium. Very nice. All right, well, catch us on Saturday, okay? It's Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Myself, Brian No, Jared Smith, 
Rich Orenberger, who does a tremendous job. Rich, the Penn State All-American, will break down all this stuff. Get you set for some of the bowl games, right? Dip our, our big toe in the bowl waters. You know, touch on Army, Navy. We'll have a fun time. It's going to be a fun show on Saturday. So that's 9 a.m. until noon Eastern time. Catch us. Earn a $50 bonus by signing into BetMGM and clicking on Refer a Friend to Invite a Friend. And in just a few simple steps, both you and your friend will receive a $50 bonus. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Want to welcome in Bill Krakenberger right now, sports handicapper from crackwins.com. Let's talk some NFL over here. Week 14, Crack. You know, we typically gloss over the Thursday night game because we record this on a Thursday afternoon, but we cannot gloss over this one. Raiders at the Rams. The Rams are six-and-a-half-point home underdogs. And it it sounds like it's from – what's that that satire? The Onion? It sounds like it's satire over here. The Rams are on a six-game losing streak. John Wolford is questionable with a neck injury. The Rams just picked up Baker Mayfield off waivers a couple of days ago. And they are not going to announce or decide who their quarterback is going to be until warm-ups. If John Wolford can't go, it might be Baker Mayfield, who's been there for like three days. This is amazing. Yeah, it's it's it really is amazing. I'm sh- I'm shocked at how much the line, the, the total dropped too. It was up to 44. Even I've seen a couple 44 and a half down to 42. These are all key numbers, by the way, in the NFL. 44, 43. Lots of games land on those numbers. Even a 42 thrown out here and there. Um, yeah, I, I kind of leaned to the over here. We'll see, but we'll see what's going to happen here towards game time. What they do announce. It's an unusual, unusual situation. Would I ever think that the Raiders in a season that has definitely been disappointing for them? Would be a uh, they're up up to seven at a couple of sports books here in town in Vegas, uh, seven point favorite on the road to the Rams. Uh, this is a it's a funny line, you know. People, some sharp guys I know. There's a sharp guy I know that actually likes Las Vegas minus the points. Uh, I won't be laying any points on the road with with the Raiders. That's that's for sure. I know the Raiders are not the '85 Bears, but how are the Rams going to score if it's if it's Baker Mayfield, he's been there for three days. Like, what do you expect yeah. from the guy who's just learning? Like, okay, what's the terminology here? Wait, am I throwing the 10-yard out here? Like, it could be a disaster. There's probably going to be a couple of turnovers if he's the guy, right? Yeah, he, he is definitely prone to that. And, and uh, you know, it, it's this is hard to bet. How could someone bet this game now knowing a game-time decision is going to happen here? You know, people love to bet just because the game's on TV and it's the Thursday night. It's the only thing, the only game in town, they say, you know. Um, I, I don't agree with that at all. There's nothing wrong with just watching a game or maybe not not even watching a game, watching something else. You don't have to bet just because it's the primetime TV game. Hey, a couple of big divisional matchups on Sunday, Crack. Let's go to the Vikings and the Lions. And the Lions have won four of five. They played the Bills really tough on Thanksgiving. They just smacked around Jacksonville 40-14 to last week. And Minnesota, they've just been winning these one-score games. But you look up, and they're 10-2. and So at first glance, what are you thinking in Vikings at the Lions here? Lions are favored by a point and a half as we speak. We watched this game together last week in Biloxi. 
when, when Minnesota played the Jets, and the Jets probably should have won that game many chances. When Minnesota got out to a big lead, Jets definitely played catch-up in that game. And, um, you know, Minnesota's probably not who we thought they were, too. So, uh, you know, Minnesota, was, uh, you know, obviously one of the best records in, in football, and I, I do understand that. They're 10-2, and two, but even when they were like 8-1, and one, you, you just look at their schedule, who they played, and you say maybe they're not the, the the team that we thought they were. Yet I have some, I have some uh, futures on them. I need them to go far, uh, you know, for some really good uh, hedging even opportunities coming up. I have some real long odds on them to win the Super Bowl and to win in, on the NFC. Um, so it, I, I I do find that I am rooting for them. But yet in this particular game. I actually thought Detroit as a home dog was a good was a good bet when the odds came out. Now it's shifted the other way. Now Minnesota uh, is the dog, and getting two two and a half from certain sports books, I expect that to come down a little bit this morning. Got hit a little bit. Um, still a couple sports books with two and a half. This is a division game which they're expecting a lot of points. I mean, this opened up fifty three and a half. It's down to fifty one and a half, fifty two. Um, should be a lot of points. If anything, I'll look for more of, you know, you know the way I bet, guys. It's first half. I look at the first half, the pure number, a pure total. There won't be teams trying to run the clock out in the fourth quarter if they have uh, more than a two-score lead. And uh, so maybe maybe let's look for some points early in this game. Yeah. A couple other divisional matchups. How about this, Crack? I always think of you when there's a double-digit point spread. But the Bills are favored by 10 points at home. They host the Jets. How about the Jets winning the earlier matchup this year? Yet the Bills are favored by 10 in the rematch, if you will, uh, in week 14. Uh, What do you think about that? Going up to Buffalo, uh, maybe a different outcome here. I don't know if it's double-digit worthy, but the Jets did play them real tight, obviously beat them by three at home as a – I think they were like a 10-point dog then. they, They were a big dog then, so um the Jets have played really good here they're they look like they might be headed to the playoffs they're a small favorite to be a playoff team um Buffalo looking for some revenge probably I'm not really a guy that has revenge factors uh in into my makeup of the handicapping a game but this it being the same season Sometimes that happens. So maybe Buffalo overlooked them, thinking it's going to be a breeze, and and now they're going to say, hey, this team beat us. Let's go out there and beat them back. So this is um, going to be a real test for the Jets, even though they are playing good, should have won last week, have had a, a really good season. They're already at their season, projected pre-flop season wins. Um, this should be a fun game to watch. We'll see what happens. Keep an eye on that weather up there. So anything can happen up there if it's – you know, windy, snowy, uh, the wind means everything like we said before. The points become more valuable, and the, the, the 10 may be a, a, a nice side to take if, if they expect, if the total continues to drop. So, Cleveland at Cincinnati. Cincinnati has come up big the last couple of weeks. Two straight big wins. Last week against the Chiefs at home, the previous week on the road at Tennessee. They've won four in a row. They're eight and four, but they got their doors blown off earlier this year against the Browns. Now think about the Browns. Deshaun Watson is back. He was not like the polished version of himself last week in his debut against his previous team, the Houston Texans. Showed a lot of rust, which was 
to be expected. He hadn't played for over a year and a half. And so you look at the Browns. They've played the Bengals very tough, not just this season, but in the last few matchups. Is this a decent spot for the Browns, considering the way Cleveland has played Cincinnati, even though Deshaun is just trying to work the kinks out here? You know, I'm surprised at this line. It opened up four and a half. At, I, I, I use two key sports books that control the market. One opened up four and a half, one opened up five, Cincy. And went up to quickly got hit up to six. I thought it was headed to seven. And yet this morning, uh, someone comes in, uh, one of the syndicate groups come in and scoops up the Cleveland plus six. This NFL boy, I'll tell you. Uh, anything can really happen, like I say. I like to start saying, I like to say this too. If you're betting NFL sides, NFL not for long for your bankroll <laughs> lasting the whole season. Uh, this is a perfect example. I thought this was a good spot for revenge for Cincy over Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland beat them by double digits. Uh, that was their last loss. They've rolled off four, rolled off four in a row since then, almost decisively. Probably the hottest team in football looking to reclaim uh, that playoff spot and reclaim that, that Super Bowl and maybe revenge from a loss. And I think they'll be there in the end. They're, they're really, I love this kid. I, I really love Burrow. So um, I'll be rooting for as a fan, which I'm really not a fan of anything more than my bankroll, but I'll be rooting for him because if anyone in, in the NFL I do root for, it's probably him. And um, he, he's from a, a little a small town, Athens, Ohio, or Ohio University is. My father was from that area, a little country country uh, folks in there and the good people, hardworking, blue collar. Their football means everything to them from Pop Warner to high school to college to pro uh, means everything. So this will be an interesting game. Um, now that I see that some Cleveland money's coming in, I think maybe Deshaun will learn off his first week back playing live, even though he probably did, you know, play on some practice squads. He was warming up. I mean, he, he had to be, uh, he had to be ready for that game. I would think did not look good. He'll probably look better this week, but, um, you know, this is probably a good spot for Cincy, but I'm still not laying those points. And, you know, people at home, we're talking about a couple games here. I wouldn't be so sure to just lay like you say, oh, Buffalo over the Jets. That's going to be easy. Let me just play the money line. I'll put that in a parlay mm. with Philly over the Giants. Oh, that'll be real easy. Philly's going in a direction and Giants are going in the opposite direction. And let me throw Cincy in there. Listen, that's the way the sports books want you to think. They want you to put these big favorites, maybe throw Kansas City in, uh, you know, the, the late, uh, you know for, for the last game of the night for of the parlay there. It's it, trust me. This is the reason why the sports books make all the money they do is because people love laying money line parlays, laying all these big money lines to get a small uh, prize, which they should in the end. But don't forget, now you're taking a 52.5% bet and now you have to hit like, you know, your, 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 your percentages go way up when you have to hit a, a four-teamer or a three-teamer or a five-teamer. I want to know your process of betting totals, Crack, because – you're more of a totals guy. And I'm looking at the games right now, and I've got, let's see, four different games have a total of 44. There's another game, the Monday night game, Patriots-Cardinals. That's at 43.5. There's the Eagles-Giants at 44.5. Like, just as an example. So you've got six games that are right there at 44. Or any of the other totals in the whole Week 14 rundown. When you just see all these numbers right in front of you, what causes you to say, 
I'm pinpointing this game for the over. I'm looking at this particular game for the under. What is it about your process and how you walk through that to come up with your picks? Good question. We, we, we put a lot of situational things in into the model. It's a model that we actually go for, for our NFL totals. And there's a lot of different stats that have to be fed into the model. Um, but, but models don't look at the human element of it. They don't look at weather. They don't look at uh, injuries, which you need to ha- also put into it. You have to have that human element into coming up with a total or coming up with even a side. So, it, you know, the model only puts based, in, based on situational, uh, statistical-driven, analytical-driven, uh, and that's what, they, that's what it is. But then you have to put that, that other, the other factors into it. So that's really the, the basis of coming up with a total. But as, weeks get, as we get deep in the season here, we're already at week 14. I mean, this is crazy. You only have a month left of uh, NFL, literally a month or, you know, five weeks left. And, you know, you look at this, and you say, wow, it gets tougher and tougher. These numbers you talk about, the 43.5s, 44s, they all, literally a lot of those games opened up at that number, and they're still that number because there is no edge at this point with the statisticals and the mathematical advantage. There is none right now at this point. So I'll have less and less plays as the, the, heart, the middle of the season towards the end here where I'll maybe start having more maybe week 16 and 17 when there's jockeying for playoff positions and you know teams are going to rest players or maybe just following again, following a beat reporter uh, in, in the NFL, knowing what's going on, not just following the Adam Schefters and the different guys that are known as the guys that are the, the stack guys and the injury guys and the insiders in the industry. Uh, I think following the hometown newspaper guys that know the teams inside and out are, are definitely key to knowing who's playing, who's not playing, who's resting. So maybe take a little easy on your bankroll here and uh, gear up for a couple weeks from now. What would, what would you say to someone who follows up what you just said by asking, hey, I don't have a model here, but I want to be a sharper better. So if it's, Chiefs bank, if it's Chiefs Broncos and the total is 44, or if it's Panthers Seahawks and it's the same total 44, Without having a model, what should I look at to be more consistent with my picks? What would you suggest if someone asked you that? Another great question. We've we got to use this question on Sunday because I'll tell you, people that go by gut feel or watch the guys on the, on the NFL pregame shows and the ex-players, the ex-coaches, listen, let, let, I don't want to make fun of anyone, and I don't do that. I never put anyone down. Lots of these guys couldn't win with tomorrow's newspaper. That's my saying. They, 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 they don't just because they were involved in the game from a coaching standpoint or a playing standpoint. It doesn't mean anything. They couldn't win betting sports, and that's what this is all about. To, for me, it's about betting sports. I'm not a fan of any team. I'm not a fan of literally. I just mentioned Burrow. Maybe he's the closest to it, but I have no problem betting against Cincinnati too. That doesn't mean anything to me. My allegiance, as I always say, is, is my bankroll. Uh, what do you look at? You definitely don't follow that. You definitely don't follow social media too. There's a lot of people on Twitter. You know, me, you, and Jeff talk about someone. I'm not going to mention if it's a male or female. It's easy to bet against that person every week because they have no clue what they're doing. And it's a winning – you know, it's just as good to follow a losing handicapper than it is to follow a winning handicapper. People don't realize that. So instead of making fun of that person, use that information and just know that they are they, they lose whatever they do. People, Certain people just lose. So you could follow their 
their information, follow their records. Of course, no one wants to talk about the record. They only talk about what they've done the last week or the last five days, the last 10 days. No one wants to talk about long term. That's how hard it is to win. But you can use these little factors and these little elements into your arsenal to be a winning sports better and a winning total better uh, also. Same thing. Um, I want to keep the sharp sports books at the beginning of my live odds screen. I want to know where the lines are going to go. There's indicating sports books, especially here in town. There's one bit, one, one downtown that controls the industry. Even tonight's game, it went from 43 and a half down to 42. I, I was on an earlier show. I said, guys, this game's going to be going down. Sure enough, everywhere it's 42 now. They are the first sports book to move. They take the biggest bet, and then every other sports book just copies off them. So know your indicators in the market. Follow an odd screen. There's a lot of free, free ones out there. Um, I told people before that Spank Odds is free to the Super Bowl. I mean, it's sick. Live odds free to the Super Bowl. So uh, you want to do that. You want to uh, and learn your indicators in the market. And then even when you may have to pay for an odd screen, if you're serious about betting sports for a living or, you know, even even a, uh, not for a living, but making money betting sports, maybe you want to pay. I pay for my odd screen. So there you have it. I like it. I like it. Last thing, Crack, as we're sitting here Thursday afternoon, well, you're pre-afternoon over there on the West Coast, but uh, right around the afternoon time, what are you honing in on as of today as uh, maybe your strongest play for Week 14? Boy, I want to give you something. Well, if we were live right here, everyone would love to hear this. The Dallas game is a solid 16 and a half, 17. That's about to change. Uh, that key sports book just went, went to 18. The whole screen will be going to 18 soon. So I'm sorry to throw that at you guys live, as a, but, but I know we're not live, but people will hear that later on That's, to give you an example of what I mean by how a certain sports book controls the industry and controls the market. But don't forget, Buffalo was like a 17-point favorite last season over Jacksonville and, uh, and lost outright. So uh, anything can happen. What am I looking at this weekend? I'm looking at some actual games that are like the San Fran Tampa Bay game. I want to see what happens with this game. I want to see, um, you know, they were really down in the locker room, uh, all, all Jimmy G's teammates about him being out for the season. Now we heard he might come back uh, for the playoffs. So that may help. But the rookie looked pretty good. So let's see what happens here. There's still a three, three and a half uh, dog. The dog will have to lay some juice on the dog if you're betting Tampa Bay. Uh, this should be a fun game. It's the lowest, one of the lowest totals of the week, 37 and a half. So don't expect the points are going to be at a premium and uh, I'm surprised to even see the line this high. I'm surprised to see the three and a halfs out there. That would be one game I'm looking forward to. Otherwise, this is probably a pretty, I don't know, pretty boring week. I like to see what happens with the Giants and Philly, Jets, Buffalo, Minnesota, Detroit. I like to see what happens in these games, but I'm not really, don't really have any betting interest right now. By Sunday, I'm sure I'll have lots of props and lots of things going on. There you go. That's what I like to hear. Hey, be sure to check out the new look and features in the BetMGM app. It's fast and easy access to the sports you love. Whether it's live betting, the daily Lions boost, or the cash-out feature, new users can use the code COUNTDOWN for a special offer. All right, check us out on Sunday. Bill Krakenberger, as sharp as they come, he'll have a bunch of NFL picks for you. Jeff Schwartz, eight-year NFL veteran. I'm Brian Noe. We'll be with you on Sunday, 10 a.m. until 1 p.m. Eastern time, leading right up to that early window kickoff. Uh, kickoff. Check, us, check us out at Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to kickoff presented by BetMGM. We'll see you then.